Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyer of the Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor, who also portrayed the role of Kevin Corrigan on the feature film adaptation of Masters of the Universe, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite Forever Ensign, Garrett Wong. Hello. Hello, sir. Yes. How are you? I Kevin Corrigan. That was your character's name. Yes, it was. Kevin. You know yeah. Courtney Cox yelled that a lot. She did yell that. Kevin. And by the way, you know, when I pulled up Masters of the Universe on Wikipedia and they yes. say starring, your name is not in the starring thing, which no. really annoyed me because it annoys me too. You're on the poster. On the poster is mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren, your character, Courtney Cox's character, and in the back back uh, background is Frank Langella as you know Skeletor. Yeah. But there's no uh, any of any other character on that poster, no. and yet you're not in the starring. It was here's the thing: I had just left school. I hadn't done very much at all. Okay. And I was, I had gotten on a soap opera and the first year on the soap opera, I got this movie and I was like, oh my God, I'm right out. I was in school a year ago and now I'm on a soap and I've got a movie. Oh my God. But my agent had never done a movie deal before. It was, oh no, he would, he had just become an agent like two years before. In fact, he was a, he was the receptionist at the agency. (laughs) And he said to me, Hey, I'll be your agent. I I know I'm not an agent yet, but I'll be. And I was like, great, because we were both from Atlanta. We knew yeah. mutual friends. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot had happened in a year or two. I had no agent. Then I had this receptionist agent. Then he became an agent, and he and then he I got on on uh, all my children, yeah. and then I got this movie. Yeah. But it, I was his first tv actor ever on the soap i was wow. his first movie deal ever wow. i was like the first for him in a lot of ways mm-hmm. he didn't realize that in movies it's called paid ads mm. when your name is on the poster mm. and they didn't want to give me paid ads as part of my contract oh. and he was like you know it, i don't think it's a big deal it's just for the paid ads it's just for you know when they yeah uh, he didn't think it was a big deal yeah and when the movie came out, my name's not on the poster. Ugh. My name's not anywhere. And I was like, that just doesn't seem right because I had a lot to do. I you mean, did, Court- you did. Courtney and I, I both I, were. I, I would, would say, say you two are leads, the young, the two young leads in the film. Yeah. Other than, you know, obviously He-Man and, and the main, you know, uh, Skeletor. Skeletor right? was big. And yeah. and there were some other big characters. Yeah. Um, Man at Arms. Man and, at Arms. Mm-hmm. And James Tolkien played the detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was great. He had done a ton of movies. Yeah. So he has paid ads. Yeah. You know, um, the guy that played Man at Arms has paid ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't have that. So my name is never, ever in the history going to be yeah. on the poster. <laughs> well, if you if you look further down and you hit uh, cast, uh, if you actually click on the cast thing, then it t- it shows the complete cast there. And you're listed yeah. there, but not in the main thing, which annoys yeah, me. Yeah, it. It annoys me too, because Mm. Courtney and I both had, I would argue, equally large roles, very equal. Yes. And yet, you know, uh, she's always going to be, it's going to look like I'm a supporting character and she's a star. Definitely. You know, the way the credits are anyway. Right. But I still, that is still one of my, yes, but that's one of my, you know, one of my films that I loved when I was younger, when I, and so I've talked about this before when I first met you uh, outside of uh, hair or makeup trailer. 
I was like, I, I was like, oh, it's him. He's from Masters <laughs> of the Universe. It's him. So it's Kevin Corrigan. So that was huge for me. I fanboyed over you before that's you even funny. knew, basically when that's, you met me. So that yeah, was, yeah, so that funny. was that. What I didn't realize is Gary Goddard is the director of yes. that feature film. Yes. Who, the only, who went on, go ahead. You're going to say the only. It's the only film he ever directed. Okay. And he went on to create the Star Trek experience. That yes, was they their, did the, Yes, that's right. They did the experience. Mm -hmm. They also did the Terminator 3D mm -hmm. experience at Universal Studios. Yep. Yeah, Gary's company was more, their specialty was theme park experiences yeah. Yeah. and toys. They would create toy concepts. Yeah. And they and did a great job. I'll say that with the Star Trek experience, it was amazing. It, really it was amazing. Was. So Gary's Absolutely. company was very uh, successful in the theme park world, but his his movie directing career was brief. It was just this one movie. So wow. One other thing I want to mention before we get into the intro and get into it: our contest, so our contest. Mm. We're having a Halloween costume contest. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last week. I just want to remind everybody to get your pictures. Here's what you need to do. You, you have to submit a photo of you, your kids, your pet, whoever it is uh, in a Star Trek related costume. Um, you've got to have a sign that says hashtag TDF for the Delta Flyers in the photo. So we know it's for this contest and it's recent. Yes. Um, you can email to the Delta Flyers at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-D-E-L-T-A-F-L-Y-E-R-S, mm -hmm. the Delta Flyers at Gmail, and get it in by November 3rd. Yep. That's the deadline. We're going to have yep. three winners, most creative, most realistic, and cutest. And we'll announce it on the podcast and our social media. Mm -hmm. You get an autographed photo from uh, Garrett and myself. A photo of, of Kevin Corrigan. I mean, yes. who, who wouldn't want that? Uh, so, so don't forget November 3rd is the deadline. Get your photos. We want to see all these great Star Trek related costumes, be creative, yes. have fun and send us in some pictures. I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be really cool to see. It'll be fun. All the entries. Okay. So this week's episode yes. is Pathfinder. So we yes. will go watch this and we'll be right back with our recap and discussion of Pathfinder for all of our Patreon patrons. Please stay tuned for your bonus material. Robbie and I are back from watching Pathfinder. Woo! Wow! I, I I like this episode personally. So I and I know your criteria yeah. is you want to see everybody in it, in throughout the whole thing, but I we're know. all in it towards the end, you know. Yeah. I, and you know, and just off the bat, they had put an offer out to Marina season one, I think, of Voyager one or two, really? because yeah, because they wanted her on an episode. Uh, that was a Harry episode and they wanted her to be part of that. I was bummed because I really wanted to, to be able to interact and act with sure. one of the TNG actors. I was super stoked. And then of course, season six, she, she accepted. She so yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's obviously it's not a Harry episode really uh, this time, yeah. but at least um, we were able to get Marina for one episode of yeah. Future. So that was yeah. cool. All right. So let's just start off with uh, our poetry synopsis. Yes, yes, here's my haiku. Reg has a theory. Call Voyager through wormhole. Paris hears from dad. That's it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. You got it there. You covered you got it. it. Yeah, More you us. nailed it. More or less. All, All right. right. Let's hear the limerick. Here's, here's our limerick synopsis for Pathfinder. 
Reg is obsessed with Voyager and its crew. He has a plan to open a communication avenue. He's not deterred by anything and turns out Neelix can't sing. Finally, contact is established. Reginald Barkley came through. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say that Rebecca had something to do with this because the inclusion of Neelix, the inclusion of Neelix, she loves Neil- John e. she Phillips. Lo- she yes. loves the Neelix. She loves the Neelix. So yes, she does. That, there you go. Good job. All, All right. right. Teleplay by David Zabel and Kenneth Biller. Story by David Zabel. And directed by Mike Vahar. Now, a couple of things about these guys. David Zabel and Ken Biller, I think, went to college together. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. And David Zabel also was an ER writer, executive producer, maybe. He was a big ER guy. He ended up becoming a very successful, David Zabel ended up becoming a very successful showrunner and and executive producer. Okay. But I think this was early for him, like early-ish yeah. that uh, that he got this. And I think it's because he and Ken, from what I could see, uh, may have gone to college together. So wow. There you go. I did not know that. Yeah. How did you find that out? Did you know that at the, the time? Internet's web, the interwebs? Oh. The interwebs <laughs> is very handy. Yeah. Um, let's get to Mike Vehar, though. I love yeah. Mike Vehar. Love this director. I always found him to be just such a gentle spirit and good, smart, thoughtful director. So I had to do his first job. So like we do with the actors. Oh, okay. I had to <laughs> look, look it that. up. You're giving Mike Vehar special treatment here. Special we don't look treatment at director's first no, jobs, but now you did because of Mike. Okay. I did. Mike Vehar's first directing job yeah. was on the original Fantasy Island. Stop. Mm, no. No. Yes. No, that's not possible. He did not look that old when yeah. he directed for us. He so retired saying, right after our show. He retired. What? Yeah, I remember when Mike retired. Really? Was, yeah, Mike had grown up in LA. He owned, he had bought like a big loft or something in Venice Beach because I live near Venice. Yeah. I remember he and I talked and he was like, yeah, I moved to Venice in the 70s when nobody was <laughs> And Nobody now, touched it back then. Now yeah, he's a, like, now it's a I'm place a, to be. Yeah. I'm about to retire and I'm going to sell this place. And I can't believe what people are going to pay for think, that. Yeah. yeah. I think he bought this loft building or something for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. And he was selling it for like 5 million. <laughs> oh, yeah. or something. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. So he, I'm not worried wow. about Mike Vehar. He did fine. <laughs> okay. Fantasy Island was I his first I can't believe that. Film. And I used to, did you watch that when you were a kid? Yeah, because I, I religious. It was uh, it was a it would be Love Boat first, and then Fantasy Island would come on afterwards. Yeah. I'd watch them both, and I Aaron love Spelling Fantasy. TV. Oh yeah. my gosh! So he directed that early on. I think he directed six or eight episodes of Fantasy Island over the okay. years. Okay, I went even deeper into Mike Vehar's career. I was like, how did he get in showbiz? I knew he had been an editor. Yes, his first showbiz job was on the original Mission Impossible. He was the post coordinator and that what? was phil morris who we just talked to his recently. father's yeah show his father's yeah. show greg morris greg and morris. also leonard nimoy was on uh the original mission Impossible. Yes, I, yeah, Impossible. I remember that right so oh mike God. vehar has a couple of star trek connections through his first job ever in the business on mission impossible back in 1967 or 68 <sighs> or 64 Gosh. Or whatever year it was 
Wow. That's Mike Vehar. I had to do a deep dive because I love him so much. He's an awesome director. Good research. Good. You're welcome. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, guest star wise, we've got Dwight Schultz, yep. who plays Barkley, been on our show before. Uh, his very first job, if I didn't mention it the first time around, was a movie called Thin Ice mm. with Kate Jackson. Oh, and Charlie's Angels. Wow. Yes. Okay. And it was about a teacher student scandal, like a college student and a professor or something. Ah. Kate Jackson falls in love with a professor. Dwight Schultz was in that. Um, I don't know what he did. But he... Wait, was he the student? Maybe? No, I, don't, okay. I think he had a very small role, but okay. that was his first job that I oh, could find. Gotcha. Uh, we also had Richard Hurd, who played Owen Paris, Admiral Paris. Um, may he okay. rest in peace. So yes. He, yes. Yeah, he passed away in 2020. Richard Hurd plays Admiral Paris, and he made his film debut in a 1970 uh, comedy called Hercules. It was shot in New York. Oh. That was uh, Richard Hurd's first movie was Hercules. Guess who else made their debut in this movie? Oh, no. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Yes. Oh, my God. So it's a uh -huh. comedic feature film. Yes. Called Hercules uh -huh. that Richard Hurd was in. And uh -huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my they gosh. Both made their feature film debuts in 1970 and <sighs> that. Yeah. That's tremendous. I love that. We had uh Pete Harkins, who was the uh, you know, the tough yeah. boss. C of Commander Dwight. Harkins. And Commander Harkins. Played exactly. by Richard McGonagall, is his name? Is that right? I think so. Okay. McGon McGonagall, yes. Yeah. Um he made his debut in acting on General Hospital, the daytime soap opera. Yes. In around 1978 or 79. Not yeah. sure, but he, he did a bunch of that. Yeah, okay. A bunch of General Hospitals. Yeah. Uh, Marina Sirtis, yeah. of course, came on. Her very first uh, job yeah. was a movie called Raffles. I think it was a TV movie over in England, actually, about a jewel thief. And that was in 1977 was her first job. Wow. Raffles. Yes. Okay. And we had a we had a couple of other small roles that, that are credited. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read them. There's a security guard yeah. who comes in and uh as part of the chasing down Dwight Schultz, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um Victor Bevan is the actor's name. Okay. He was in a separate piece, 1972, World War II coming of age movie. Yeah, that that's Victor... based on a not on not a novel, actually. Yes, yeah. Okay. Separate piece. And then we have a technician who I think was in the Starfleet laboratory. He had a line or something. We're picking up. There's a call coming in. Ah, uh, yes. That, right? that, that gentleman. That's Mark Daniel Cade. Yes. And his first job was on All My Children, the daytime soap that I that did. you were on. Yeah. But he came after me. He came okay. in 1989. Okay. He did 10 episodes. Huh. I was before that. We, yeah. we just missed each other. Mark yeah. Daniel Cade, though. Okay, that's it. That's Wait, all. Wait, what year did you leave all my children then? 87? 88. 88. Yeah, so I just missed him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's it. okay. All right. Well, that puts it all into my There you I was go. Just trying to figure all... that out. I didn't, I thought you're I thought all my children was more recent as in the 90s, 85? early 90s. No. no. 85 to 88. Wow. Yeah. Cuz you were still in Juilliard then. Yeah, I was 19 or 20 years old when I started on all, all my, my children. children. Oh, yeah, I think I was 20. I think I just turned 20 or turned 20 when I started. So. You were very young. You I was a baby. Young. And baby then that's baby. also when um, Masters happened as well, right? Yeah. You were, I you I were was 20 tw then too? Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. That, that came late. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, when it came out, I was 21, but I think I shot it when I was 20. Yeah. God, I wish I had a time machine. It's crazy. I'll go back and find you then. Those were crazy days. <laughs> crazy days. Okay, let's get into this. Let's a couple things I want to say yeah. about this episode. This was the very last episode that aired in the 90s that we made, Pathfinder. Oh, okay. So it aired in December of, 19, of 1999. Oh my goodness, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there is a photo in this episode uh, of yours truly. <laughs> yes, there that is. That we'll talk about. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. It definitely yes? complicates the, yeah. the conspiracy <laughs> theory of who <laughs> Tom Paris is. But we'll get, yeah, we'll, to we'll get to it when we get to it. Okay, okay. so let's start off from the beginning. We're in Bar- Barclays apartment, condo, townhome, yeah. which it's is beautiful, by the way. I would not mind living there. That looked very nice. It was a very nice place. By the way, that set to me, when I saw it, I thought, oh, they just went to the Paramount scenic shop and said, oh, give us those brick flats and that cement thing and give us some, some like, it was very pretty. But mm. I could tell as I looked at it that they had pieced that together from recycled other other pieces of sets. Oh, okay. like you could see the brick, the brick flats and the window flats. And even the backing that was outside of his window was a contemporary like city backing that they had literally just added one sci-fi building. They might have done it in post. Huh. They added like they it was basically the rental stuff that they yeah. put in Barclays apartment, but it was very yeah. pretty. It was very well dr- yeah. decorated and it was nice. Yeah. Barclays well, apartment. Yes. Yeah. Barclays apartment. Beautiful. Barclay mm-hmm. is a little bit scatterbrained as he yeah, is he's very nervous. In, he's very nervous. There's a knock at the door. He's trying to clean up. It's Counselor Troy. Mm-hmm. And they both are wearing the newer Starfleet uniforms that the Deep Space Nine actors ended up wearing and with the gray on top, which I like. Yep. I do like. Yeah. That kind of the quilted look, look that mm-hmm. thing. Yep. I do like that. We learn that he has a cat named Neelix in the scene. So mm-hmm. that is also a, a nice little fact there. But he's basically said that he's lost himself. He's become obsessed with Voyager and he's mm-hmm. asked Counselor Troy to come over to help counsel him, help get him past this obsession. He's been taken off the Pathfinder project. So he's a little despondent at the time. We end that first scene with him going, I'm obsessed with Voyager. I can't Correct. stop thinking about it. Correct. And then, then we, we have the intro. The- yeah. Opening credits, which yeah. I watched again this time. They're so I, good. I did too. And you know what's really interesting is that now we have a cat, right? So we have a cat named mm-hmm. Bubbles. And Bubbles came up and curled up on my lap and was sitting there as I'm doing the review of this episode. And the minute, the minute the theme music for Voyager came on, that cat was completely asleep. Just whoop, I, head came up staring staring at the screen listening wow. to the theme music oh it was unbelievable and then the, min- the minute the, the music stopped the cat went whoop, right back down and <laughs> that was it and now wow. this now this further corroborates my um my belief that our theme music is the most moving of all theme musics uh, it's for a, all the star trek it's good it's a good yeah theme. it's super good because i've had fans come up to me and say yes our infant son when he's crying and just you know throwing a fit, the only thing that will stop him is the Voyager, is the Voyager theme music. Theme? It, it, no way! It's unbelievable. So the Voyager theme music, it speaks to young children and it speaks to pets as well. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it moves all types of living organisms. And, Agreed. You know, in the world. So it's that's just, just a universal, point. amazing sound. It is. 
It is. Okay. okay. So we're back from the intro and we're still in his apartment. And yep. Troy basically asks him to start from the beginning because he gives this long, complicated technical um, ex- explanation of what's oh, going yeah. on. Right? He's got to direct a tachyon beam to a class B itinerant pulsar and then gravimetric energy and oh, then this and that. And then I'll have a wormhole, an artificial wormhole. <laughs> She's like, huh? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So he says, um, okay, from the very beginning, it starts in the holodeck. And she's like, as it always does, right? Yeah. So, but we learned from this episode that he had a holodeck addiction, you know, a hollow addiction. I know, addiction, I did. Uh, he had a is, hollow addiction. I didn't. Huge. Because I've always, you know, we've never talked about that on the show, right? We never talk yeah. about anyone having a hollow addiction. But if you think about it, boy, that is the ultimate escape. Because whenever someone chooses, you know, drugs addiction. or alcohol, yeah, yeah addiction the- for an to escape numb life to or numb to get life. away from life yep a holodeck program is the ultimate numbing yeah. of life you just completely get away from it and and it's amazing that this episode brought that up so i, I yeah. thought that, that was a good thing that's very cool yeah and by the way when you look at uh barkley how he's dressed yes is his top the jacket's open it is open yes it's a little rumpled mm-hmm. it's a little and so whenever you see a star trek character in their uniform but mm-hmm. the but the jacket is open, yeah. you know that they're a bit of a mess. Yes. You know that they're, they're going through some problems. Going through issues. something. Yeah. yeah. It's all That's about right. the wardrobe. It is. And <laughs> it he really was in is. he was doing the the open jacket, I, my life is a mess version of costume. Of <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. Then we go to the bridge and we realize pretty quickly it's a simulation. It's got to be right. a simulation because Barkley's yeah. alone on our on the Voyager bridge. Right. So he's running the simulation. And he's he's trying to uh, run through a few of the ideas that he has when yeah. when uh, Commander Harkins enters, yeah, and says, "Hey, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And and Barkley says, "Well, I'm just you know trying some ideas, running a simulation here." And then Harkins says, "Hey, you had some transmitter diagnostics you had you had to do. Why don't you go do that data analysis?" And yeah, and Barkley's like, oh, "No, I, I can finish them later." And and Harkin says, no, you, you know, Admiral Paris is coming first thing in the morning. <laughs> so we get, so we drop that bomb that Admiral Paris so we, is going to be yeah. in here. So when you heard that, were you like, oh, hmm. yes, it, I was. It, it, it yes. caught your attention, right? It okay. did catch my attention. Good, good. Uh, yes. So he's coming in the morning. They exit the holodeck and mm-hmm. Barkley wants to share his theory with the mm-hmm. admiral and as they're walking into other parts of the laboratory i'm going to call it the pathfinder lab i guess that's the best okay good I, I just kept calling it starfleet lab so. i wrote okay. starfleet headquarters for a while then i said you know what let me just call it pathfinder lab so okay. you know barkley says that they can establish a two-way um communications with Voyager by creating this artificial wormhole. And the way that he would do it is utilizing the Midas array. Um, They can direct a tachyon beam at a pulsar that seems to be coming close to this Midas array to produce Mm -hmm. this gravimetric surge, which would be powerful enough to create an artificial wormhole. And his boss Harkins thinks this is this is a lunatic idea. Like this would never work ever. Mm-hmm. And well, he says he says you wasted six months trying to develop this transwarp probe. Yeah, and so he's he he hasn't gained uh, Harkins' trust really. Correct. Yeah, correct. He has not. And uh, we're back at um, Barclay Station uh, in the mm-hmm. lab. Uh, there's a little bit of passage of time, and he's alone and pete comes in pete harkins and he says uh i'm inviting you i want you to come by by my house he's trying to set him up with his sister-in-law essentially and And by the way he says he says oh we've got a uh my wife's sister's coming in 
from Boston and uh, there's some it's someone you might like. And the well, reaction I, shot on, on Dwight Schultz, the, 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 all the facial mugging that happens there. He's like, oh my God. He, he looks react- disgusted, doesn't he? He he's looks panicking. like panicking. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, his face was going crazy. He oh, was, was having a, nice. a complete panic attack. But he says he's spending the evening with Neelix, his cat. <laughs> yeah, because I'm busy with Neelix. And he's like, uh, am I? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is your cat, isn't it? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he has no friends, and it's sad. Yeah. He's he's friendless, basically. So yeah, it is it is very sad. We go to the mess hall now. So he comes off of that like panic moment, and mm-hmm. and and that insecure, like no confidence. He can't even speak words hardly. No. No. Then we cut to the simulation of the mess hall and he walks into the mess hall and it's like he's the he's, the captain of the football team or something. He's the big he's man like, on campus. Hey, his <laughs> arms are up in the air. Everybody's like, Barclay, Barclay. And it was so funny. And by the way, we're all dressed. So we're all there and we're all dressed. Our hairstyle, our costume, everything is like the pilot. We look like back in the day. So Balan and Chakotay are in their maquis outfits. Tom and Harry both have their hair styled, yeah, kind of like different. the pilot. Yeah. And we're sitting, we're joining Barkley to play cards. I guess we've been playing poker with him. That's right. And he's winning every game. Yeah. He's, um, he's the poker pro. So yeah. he says, oh, and he'll Harry, try to knows take it his, easy. Harry knows his drink, by the way. Yes. Warm yeah, milk, Harry, right? Warm. That, uh... <laughs> yes. He's like, the Harry goes, the usual or something like that. And he goes, he goes, yeah, the usual. And Harry orders it. Replicator, computer, a glass of warm milk. <laughs> so hey, that should be a future uh, one of your when you do your little things of your your drink Cocktail mixes. Video? Yeah, co- it should just be warm milk one day. Warm milk, <laughs> this exactly. Is, this is the Barkley special that I'm going to provide for everybody. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and he is the big man on campus when he's in the holodeck simulation because he's completely at home. Completely, he feels so comfortable in this yeah. holodeck situation uh, uh, simulation with the Voyager characters. Mm-hmm. They talk about the poker game. Everybody's saying, we got to win our money back. You're, you're the card shark. Yeah. And at the end, it kind of turns surprisingly sweet. Cause he goes, I want you guys to win as much as you do. He goes, cause you're my friends. Because you, you are my best friends. You are my best says. friends. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it was very sweet. It was sad. Sweet and sad. Good. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that, uh, that's, those are his friends, the imaginary people, basically, yeah. right? So yeah. we'd now cut to Reg's apartment where he cannot sleep. He's just, he has insomnia. So gets guess what? He gets up and heads straight back to the lab, to the holodeck. And he now enters the sick bay um, where the doctor is massaging him. And he's getting <laughs> advice from the doctor. He's getting like the choppers at yeah, first. He's got the chop at first. And then I'm watching the doctor do his second move, which is uh-huh. just kind of, I don't know. He's just kind of, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, a real massage move, I think. No. But, but it was Bob's best attempt at being a masseuse. And it, uh, um, I love that part where Bob... He's doing the elbow. He's doing he the elbow move the elbow, into but Barclay, then he leans, but, he, but he's leaning his. <laughs> that is not an official it. masseuse. That's not an official uh, masseuse move, and also probably not directed by Mike Vehar. My guess is that was oh, Bob Picardo. Oh come on, Bob always that's... comes up with the most creative and most comically subtle, as subtle as he can be, right? Comically uh, um, choices that he can get, mm-hmm. and uh, that was funny. I laughed. I LOL'd on that point for sure. Yeah. But but the doctor does say that um, he's got uh, acute work-related anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, I'll talk to the captain. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 no. Don't talk to the captain. Right. Doctor says, 
but but Barkley, you're an invaluable member of this crew. Mm-hmm. And he he's pauses, and again, it's a sweet moment. Barkley said, "It's nice to be appreciated." Yeah, because he's not feeling that from Harkin and back home. He's no. feeling like he's a failure and yeah. everything's going wrong. But on this simulation, yeah. everybody appreciates him. Yeah. Um, we cut to the hallway next, and he's walking down the hall, and Chakotay says, "Hey, Reg." And then somebody else goes by, yeah. an extra or something. Hey, Reg. So he feels very much at home. Yeah. Um, he, he goes straight to his hollow quarters. Goes to his hollow quarters, lays down, and now he can sleep like He a baby. sleeps there. It's like, yeah. oh, reminded me of all the nights I slept in my trailer while filming. <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at work. That's what he's doing. So the next morning, mm-hmm. when he's got plenty of sleep, he re-enters the hollow mess hall mm-hmm. and i wrote down reg is the man he comes in there uh-huh. and harry's like oh my gosh reg if you have time can you whip up one of your famous cheese omelets and Harry and tom's also like yeah yeah that sounds great but he can't he's busy he has yeah. things to do and then harry says look reg remember you're supposed to teach me how to play velocity and tom's like wait a minute i have a hoverball appointment with reg Bolana runs in there, needs help uh-huh. with a warp core recalibration. And again, Reg is like, sure, I'll help you when I have time. And it's just, mm-hmm. he is the man. He's completely at ease with, with everything. He can speak without stuttering. He is the man in this scene. Yep. Yeah, it's a fun scene. Yeah. Next, we go back to the Starfleet lab yep. or, or the base, I guess, part of the Pathfinder lab. Pathfinder lab, yep. Pathfinder lab. And so this is the briefing. And Commander Harkins is uh, telling Admiral Paris, who's there. Mm-hmm that the doctor's uh, program was transferred to Starfleet two years ago. Yes. Uh, and they're go- looking at a map. The doctor's program was transferred to Starfleet two years ago when Voyager was at position 41751 grid nine. So they, they know kind of where they were at some point on their right. trip. Right. And so they've picked a range of, of ways that they could extrapolate and estimate where the ship may be mm-hmm. if it was traveling at an average warp speed of 6.2. So a lot of kind of analysis of where Voyager might be, but they've narrowed it down to one of three sectors. Yeah. And Admiral Paris asks, can they, can they contact them yet? And Harkins then says, well, they've been working with the Vulcans to deploy this Midas array, um, yeah. which is still in the testing phase. Yeah. But that can send signals at hyperlink subspace speeds, um, so it can which cut would down... you know, cut down the time. But they still said it would take days for them yes. to receive the transmission. Is what they yeah. said. So, it would take days yeah. instead of years. It would be days. Days, which is an improvement, but still days. And yeah. unfortunately, if they do this thing with the Vulcans, the Midas array, Voyager won't be able to respond. Right. So it's a one-way, it's a one-way kind of thing. That's yeah. where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. But at least that they would know that Starfleet's looking for them. And yeah. they mentioned in the scene, they said, then they could send them the hyper subspace technology and hope they can eventually use that mm-hmm. uh, to return their call. So yeah. Barkley, Barkley is just like jumping out of his skin. But he interrupts and he interrupts and he's yeah. like, he basically says, I, I have to speak. But then he starts to have a panic attack. And he can't think of like what warp is or what. Well, he couldn't. Like, he can't couldn't think of think like of word. the sing- word singularity. He was a singular. S- 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 and then, then he, he looks at the extras and he's like, yeah. And then Admiral Paris goes, a wormhole? And then I love when Dwight Schultz, he claps. He's like, yes, yes. It's like a game show. Yeah. You know, he's like, yes, 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 a wormhole. A great, <laughs> great scene with his, his <laughs> really insecurity, his yeah. 
his social anxiety, yeah, his yeah. sense of failure, totally opposite than on the holodeck with Starfleet. You know, yes. really great. Great. Very well done. Well done. And then when he says, you know, when he's still trying to plead for his case at the very end, um, Reg says, I think we're forgetting that there are 150 people stranded in the Delta Quadrant. And when he says that, that's when Paris gets really, Admiral Paris gets very serious. And he goes, I have a son on that ship, Lieutenant. Mm -hmm. I haven't forgotten that fact for a single moment. And mm -hmm. I started feeling, started feeling the little vibes of like, oh my gosh, this is starting to move, move me now because, oh. hey, let's face it, your character has never had a really good relationship with his dad. Right. No. So, so at this moment, and Tom doesn't think his father cares. Exactly. Like he doesn't think his father no. cares about him no. at all. No. And and I I think you know the reason why I was I, this episode got me so emotional was because you yourself also have similar you know rough upbringing in terms of your relationship with your own father. You know, mm. so that combined with your character having that, I was feeling it, man. I, I had all the feels oh, in this episode. It was crazy. Oh. Um, yeah, and for so that really was a moving thing. But then yeah. it, Harkins is pissed. Harkins is so mad. He's like, no, you're taking the rest of the day off. This is not a suggestion. This is an order. This you're is an order. Yep. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, are we back at Barclay's apartment? Yes. Yeah, we go back to Barclay's apartment and Troy's there. Yeah. And she asks how, how did he feel when that happened? Yeah. And, uh, and how did he deal with his feelings? And Barkley, you know, basically he's evasive. He he uh, he says he needed he needed to do something. So he went back to the holodeck. He admits to Troy, I went back to the holodeck, and the only the only people that I can talk to are the people on the Voyager simulation. Right. And she says, you know, Reg, you're using this to escape. Yeah. And then he says. He says, it's not what you think. It's not what you think, <laughs> Deanna Troy. I'm not having a relapse of my hollow addiction. <laughs> yeah. That's the first time yeah. he brings it up. That's right. Well, I mean, he just says to her, these holograms are helping me with my work. Mm -hmm. They're helping mm -hmm. me. You know, it's not that I'm I'm trying to lose sense of all reality and, and get an, find an escape. This is really helping me. That's, mm -hmm. that's his point, I think, in this scene. And then we go to the briefing room and see how they're helping because yep. we we kind of jump to a scene where he's talking to everyone about his ideas of this communication he's mm -hmm. working out these technical problems mm -hmm. there was a great transition out of when she says well how are their help how are they helping you yeah. it was it was kind of went on he says they're helping me and the camera panned over to her single and she says well how are they helping you right. and then it cut back and he popped into a close-up in the briefing room I so love it was it. a great Mike Mike Vehar transition good job Mike Vehar yeah mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And he's working out all these pro technical problems. Yeah. Oh, and we yeah. see Janeway with her old bun of steel as well. Yes, so, Janeway know. looks like the pilot with a yeah. bun of steel. Yeah. And basically, he's trying to explain the problem to the to the Voyager holodeck crew. Mm -hmm. He's trying to produce enough power to form a singularity. And then suddenly, by the questions they're asking and the and the conversation, he goes, yeah. "Wait, maybe we should think smaller." Yes. Compress this data stream, a yeah. micro wormhole. Bing. And, there we go. Uh, yep. and, then, and then somebody says, I didn't write down who. Oh, it was Janeway who says, you have outdone yourself this time, Reg. <laughs> Whatever you need, you know, because Reg asked something like, you know, I'll need your help. And she goes, you've outdone yourself this time, Reg. Yeah. Whatever you need. Mm -hmm. That's such a different Janeway that I'm used to seeing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway, we go to engineering and there's a cool opening shot of the, the camera kind of cranes up from the bottom of the warp core to find 
Barkley and Chakotay tossing this ball. It Which looked, we've seen before. We've seen that ball before. Well, when I saw it this time, I freeze framed it. The ball has all these little suckers on it. It's like the kind of ball that you would throw it at like a glass window or something. It would stick on the, yeah, it's that kind of ball, but it looked, what did it look like to you? Did it remind you of anything? No, I think we've used that ball before. And well, instead of suckers, me, they're, they're springs is what they are on the outside to give it a whatever extra. it is. It's all these little circle circular sucker things or something. Oh no. I think I know where you're going. What did it, what did it remind you of? It looked like the COVID virus. <laughs> I knew they you were going to say that. <laughs> it was a COVID ball. They, they were, were just throwing, tossing around tossing a COVID, the COVID ball. ball back and forth. I like knew, it's nothing. I, you, like it's, no, yeah, just a toy. Just something to play with, the COVID ball. Stop playing with the COVID ball, <laughs> yes. guys. So you don't remember seeing this ball before. I right? don't, but okay, I, when we, I saw it now, I was like, freeze <laughs> it, blow it up. What is that? It's a COVID ball. We have actually had the COVID ball before. I'm, I'm oh, almost positive that. Yeah, because I said, oh, that ball. But now that you've put it into perspective, now I know that we have a new we name had no for this. Idea. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's where it all started, was on our show yes. back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's where it began. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, but I do, you know, I was watching that scene and I kept thinking, man, Robert Beltran. He must have had so much fun filming that scene because yeah. he is our resident jock. I mean, in terms of when he was, yeah, in high he school. loved to throw the football. He was the quarterback. Outside. He was the high yeah. school quarterback. So he is the jockiest of all the Voyager actors. He, you know, he did a lot of sports when he was young. Yeah. Um, and for him to actually play throw and catch with another actor must in have been a in a scene. In a scene, oh. It was kind of their warp particles moment because they were sort of tossing it back and forth (laughs) and like, what about this? And what about that? Yeah. Yeah. Arrow the band filter. Oh yeah. Um, You know, and then he, yeah, he, he figures out we got to narrow the band filter in the transponder signal. And Chakotay goes, Barkley strikes again. Yeah. God, he's such a, he is the man, isn't he? He is. Jakote throws it one more time to Reg, yep, but yep. instead of Reg catching it, it's Harkins who shows up and catches. Harkins Party is like a cat. Harkins just shows up without a, you don't, you don't even hear him. He's like a Party ninja. pooper. He pooped he's it. A party pooper. He pooped it. Uh, and he's, you know, he talks about Reg's stru- struggles with yeah. hollow addiction. He's like, okay, you've had the hollow addiction struggle before, and now it seems like it's happening again. And Hawkins essentially takes Reg off of the Pathfinder project. He says, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, um, the lab, the holodeck, all of this off limits to you. You no longer have authorization. And this is this is the end of your, your work on this project. Yeah. And that hits Reg hard. He doesn't like it at all, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, the next shot or the next scene is in Admiral Paris's office. Before we go to the next scene, I just want to point oh, out another ahead. Mike Vehar went, uh, home yes. run here. So that scene started with the crane down below and yes, you see all yes. the people comes, busy, busy, right. busy working yep. and it goes up to the second. And level. then, then when Harkins um, says, he says something like delete. No. Yeah. Harkins. Somebody says, maybe it's a reg says delete characters. Cause he wants, when Harkins shows up, he's like delete hollow characters. And so all the characters disappear and it's just the two of them. Right. And then it cuts back to that wide shot down below again yeah but you see nobody's there like it's such a it's a it's a subtle little thing but he opened with lots of life and activity yeah then all of a sudden with just harkins shows up and they're Mm -hmm. just standing alone in this empty place okay 
yeah. was beautifully constructed. I like, yeah. I like the shots. Yeah. Good job, Mike Vehar, once again. Yes, All right, so now we are in Admiral Paris's office, and mm -hmm. we see Admiral Paris busy at work. His secretary is he Nicole. busy? Is he busy? Because there's some plexiglass on his desk. Literally, just some clear plexiglass squares laid down on his desk, and he's talking. I guess okay. speakerphone to his secretary. <laughs> he's like touching the edge of the plexiglass, and he says, "I'm busy," or something. He he literally says, "I'm busy," but I'm like. Busy is he busy? What? Is he really busy? Is he playing uh, Angry Birds? What is he doing? Yeah, what I is, get it. It's just it, a it, couple of squares of plexiglass. I get there's nothing on it. Okay, there's, good. Not, he's not even tapping like there's something on it that he's doing. He's just kind of touching the edge. It was it was long before iPhones, right? So yeah. none of none of us knew no the kind of way you might play on touch screen <laughs> things. Yeah. So, so Richard Hurd was just like rubbing the edge of it or something. <laughs> what he was this, doing. This feels silky. Yes. <laughs> this is weird. smooth. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so anyway. anyway um, was he busy? Yeah. I don't know. I probably don't know. not. Nicole, the secretary, uh, chimes in on the intercom saying that yes. he won't go away. He's still here. Barkley is clearly um, a man on a mission. And of course, there is that shot where we see a picture it, of... Yeah. Well, let's face it. Clearly, it is a screenshot taken from the TNG episode First Duty of yes. not Tom Paris, but, but Nick Lacarno. Nick Lacarno. Exactly. And I'm like, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, this yeah. is the conspiracy theory. <laughs> this is why the whole thing is so confusing because you is. guys cheated. They cheated. <laughs> they sure and did. Used a screen grab. <laughs> yeah. From a, a different character. They sure did. And also. Oh. You know, you're looking, the image is, is of you kind of looking off to the side. And, yeah, you know, when most people, when they have pictures take of their a picture, loved ones, you look at, you're looking yeah. at the camera smiling, right? Nope. So this was, again, clearly a screen grab. But the touching side of it is, again, it shows you there's no one else on that table in terms of pictures of no, you know, it's the only it's picture just, on the table. there's only one photo on that tape on his desk unless and it's there's something on those plexiglass squares that he didn't see <laughs> yeah I don't yeah know. that's what it was it was his other son on that on yes. the plexiglass square no but it, you know it just shows you that he does have his son in mind and that paris yeah. is paris's idea of his father not liking him or, or caring for him is it's wrong. not it's, it's absolutely yeah. it's completely unfounded it's it's uh it's a father's love for his son it's very clear here um yeah. uh, but of course we were you and i were both pulled out we were like hey that's nick lacarno that's not tom paris yep <laughs> that's yep. crazy well he finally allows uh Barkley to come in. So yep. Nicole sends him in. Reg just wants one more day in the lab. Yep. He feels like that extra day will give him the time to kind of work through all the formulas and be able to send yep. this message to Voyager. And he even says to Admiral Paris, look, if you give me this day and if I am proven wrong, I'm going to resign my commission. That's what I'll do. I'll just leave Starfleet. I believe entirely. so much yeah. in this. Yeah. He's yeah, he's all in in poker terms. He is all in on this idea. And yep. Admiral Paris finally says, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to order a review of of your findings. And mm -hmm. if it's if there's any validity to this, if there's anything concrete in this in these theories that you have, I will instruct Commander Harkins to look into this further." Mm -hmm. And so. So Red it's leaves. kind of a half win. It's, half it's, win, yeah. It's a half win. It's, mm -hmm. But he doesn't see it that way because we no, go back to the apartment no. and Troy said, well, it went good. And yeah. it was like, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> he was just trying to get rid of me. 
And he, he says to Troy, like, yeah. why don't you call the Admiral? Yeah. Tell him that I'm psychologically fit for duty. Yeah. And Troy, Troy says, well, I can't do that. Right. He's like, you've got anxiety. You've got and sleeplessness. You've got paranoia. And he flips out. He flips he out. He flips out. It's it's the Barkley yelling session at this point. Yeah. He's yelling and screaming and this and that. And then the final and he's, sentence, he's saying, I'm the reason that I believe in this is because it's important, yeah. you know, these people. Yeah. And he starts to cry at one point. Yes. He's very he's upset. And that very quote, upset. I wrote down his line. He says, That ship, that crew, they are all I have. And he then talks about how ever since he left enterprise things have, have not been the same it's as if he lost his family troy says oh so then you created a new family on the holodeck with the voyager crew mm -hmm. and reg says he just did not know how else to cope with this this is his only way to cope and mm -hmm. she says i'm gonna stay here and help you and he's like no no but you're leaving tomorrow so no i'm gonna ask picard for a temporary leave of absence so i can be with a friend and it was a nice touch very sweet scene mm -hmm. Very, very sweet so. scene yep we go to uh another uh a sleeping scene this yeah. is where the cat is sleeping with him yep the cat he wakes um, up with neelix on his chest yeah wakes up so. with the cat on his chest and he decides to leave go to the holodeck where the holodeck entrance computer says access denied so he pulls a console off hacks into it Clearly, uh, it's easy to hack around any access restrictions. You just need a magic tool. And he like turns on some light. It looks like a little pen light. And then he says, computer, reauthorize my access. And it works. So yeah. if anybody needs to like steal a ship or anything, like just get a pen light and open up a panel and you can just change all the authorization. Change all the authorization. Code. Pretty easy. Yeah. But that door is not the door to the holodeck. That's the door to the lab. Front to the lab. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's very funny. He he basically hot wires the door, gets in, yeah, and um, he starts he starts doing all he needs to do. To he says basically he's there to actually send the message is what he's yep. doing. So, so he, he sends everything to the, up, connects the Midas to array, the Midas array, turns it up to full power, mm -hmm. directs a sixty terawatt tachyon beam at the yep. itinerant pulsar. Yep. Um, yeah. And and then it will be, it, it seems, he asked the computer, how long will this take? And it's, the computer says 17 minutes to mm -hmm. create a micro wormhole. Yeah. And yeah. then the computer says, computer says affirmative wormhole has been created. So right. his theories were right. All of this, they were at least time. up in, you know, at least to create the wormhole. Yeah. Um, so he's got the micro wormhole and he sends the trajectory towards the Delta quadrant to one of the quadrants that, they were talking about earlier that's right because they because they don't know which quadrant they have a guess yeah. of where where they have they're, three where at, that's right? what they said they're, before uh, which quadrant? which sector excuse me sector me yeah mm -hmm. so there's three yeah and then Har harkins enters harkins 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 party pooper harkins interrupts mm -hmm. and he's there with two security personnel mm -hmm. and at that point wretch sort of feigns defeat right he's like you win fine and then quickly says computer transfer all controls to the voyager holiday program blah, blah, blah. and so he runs out of he there runs out yeah, they're chasing after him and i now we're in we're in the voyager's hallway he comes across tuvok he said oh oh tuvok did you see those two gentlemen tuvok's like what no no i didn't see them they're dressed like starfleet security but they're not and so yeah, tuvok they're, now they're intruders yeah, they're intruders that tuvok is on it right so hollow tuvok ends up uh, basically set up setting up force fields around where the two um mm -hmm. uh, starfleet security personnel are and uh, he you know 
kind of immobilizes traps them. them. Yeah, he traps, traps them. them in a little corner, a yeah. turn in the hallway. Yeah, and um, they they you know those security personnel then they kind of hail um, Harkins and they say, listen, you need to try to shut down the program. We're stuck here in the force fields and Harkins tries. He cannot shut down the program. He cannot, everything he tries, there are security encryptions that Reg has Reg placed has on done, there. Yeah. yeah, Reg is- Reg is gonna roadblocks. do this. Yeah, he is, he is. So Harkins calls for more security. And at this point, Reg runs into engineering where mm-hmm. Polana in her Maquis garb is. And um, he tells her what's going on and, and he needs to do this and that. And at, that, at this point, Harkins enters mm-hmm. and he has a brilliant idea of how to, how to stop this whole thing. And uh, I think Reg runs out of the room to escape. He does. Harkins. He runs, yeah. he runs out. So, well, Balana fires at them, but it does nothing to them. Yeah, like, that's right. He fires at the security team that's right. and they're like, you know, we're, we're there's safety protocols in this holodeck. You can't yeah. hurt us. Yeah. Oh, and that's so, right. Okay. I, so I confused that a little bit. So basically it wasn't Harkins that first came in. It was the two, no. secu- the additional security that exactly. he had called. They come in and that's when um, the fire, the Balana tries to fire at them. It doesn't do anything. And they chase Reg up into Jeffrey's tube and he mm-hmm. seals one of the compartments and he keeps going on. So he loses mm-hmm. them. But then it does cut back to into engineering when Harkins does come in. Yep. And he says to he tries the computer, to cut the, yeah. yeah, primary coolant system, disengage them. And that's when Bellana says, that's going to cause a warp core breach. He's like, yep. And as she runs towards him, he phasers your <laughs> beloved. Yeah, she, she just she fritzes out. out. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. I wasn't that sad because she's just a holodeck. Hol- yeah, so it didn't hologram. bother you as much as no. Bur- as Burke. Like Burke is still someone that kind of bothered you. Totally bothered right? me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Burke's, Burke's trouble. <laughs> Basically, Harkins is melting down the warp core. Yeah. So the the he's going to end this program one way or the other. <laughs> one way or the other. And so finally, Red shuts down everything. Hollow Janeway even says to all personnel, abandon, abandon ship. ship. That's right. 10 seconds till warp core breach right. and there's a countdown. Right. And finally, yeah. yes, Reg. Well, Reg says off. goodbye though to Janeway, which is a little sad too. He was yeah. like, you know, you know, this is goodbye. And then, and um, then he says then computer he end down. program. Yeah. yeah. He ends the whole thing. And then, so he ends it. So we feel like, oh, Reg has been defeated. Yeah. But then we go to a flyby of the real Voyager. Yes. Like we haven't seen a flyby of the real Voyager yet because we've mm. only been on the hollow void. Correct. Mm. This is the first time we're seeing the real Voyager. So we see a flyby and then we go into astrometrics and Neelix is coming in for his singing lessons with seven. So and he excited. comes in with his <laughs> arms going. He's like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been practicing. And she says, practicing is irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> and you got his line. No, I don't know. Oh, he says, he says, but I sound so good in the sonic shower. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, well, maybe that's where you should keep your, your, your yeah, practice. She says, in Just stay there. She says, maybe you should confine your singing to that location. <laughs> and then, so there's a funny, the whole funny bit about Neelix's singing, which I love. Yeah. It's oh, such a God. weird. It's so weird. Side, but it's still... Sidebar, but it was yeah, so funny. It was funny. I and then suddenly, uh, suddenly Seven's like, wait a minute. There's a there's a beeping. Yeah, she detects a micro wormhole. Has That's right. Mm-hmm. With a message, so and she a message. Calls, yeah, yeah, she calls the bridge, and Janeway says, "Harry, uh, take a listen to this." Yeah. Because it's, it's on a Starfleet emergency channel, so that's yes. what that's why everyone's interest is perked. We're like, what? Yep. Yep. 
uh, we Harry plays the message. It's super staticky. So mm -hmm. she asks Harry to apply a narrowband filter to the signal processor, which he does. Now we hear Barkley's voice much clearer, and mm -hmm. he's saying, "You know, this is uh, this is Lieutenant Barkley um, and Tuvok." But that's all. We only have a little quick snippet of, of, that's of the it. message. It's over. Tuvok says the micro wormhole is collapsing at a rate of 0.2% per second. Per, per so second. That's fast. very fast. It's, yeah. So yeah. Janeway says, well, we only have a little bit of time to get a message back. So we cut back to the Pathfinder lab where Admiral Paris enters um, and tells and Harkins. Barclay's yeah. being detained. At yeah, Barclay's being detained at this point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and he tells Harkins that he wants to give Barclay's plan a shot to uh, attempt sending this message. And Harkins says, look, Barclay already tried it without author authorization. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as Admiral Paris sort of ponders what to do with Barclay, because Harkins says, well, what do we do with him now? He's done and this, And Reg is this, apologizing this. too. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he I'm feels sorry. like a failure. Yeah, he's, I really he's, thought it was going to work. I'm like, so super sorry. bummed. He's super bummed. And an alarm beeps. And that's when we hear that a message is coming in from the wormhole and reg um is the one who gets to talk with janeway mm -hmm. and janeway says she's uh basically in this conversation janeway says she is transmitting the ship's logs crew reports and navigational records to mm -hmm. starfleet headquarters so they have that barkley quickly adds that they are going to send data on this hyper subspace technology with the hope that they will be able to use this to keep in regular contact with Voyager. Also, there are some recommended modifications for Voyager's comm system that, that uh, Starfleet headquarters will be sending there. And then Barclay says there's someone else who'd also like to say something. And at this point, I started crying like a baby. And it was just like, <laughs> I, I, was, I was sitting there and Megan was like, are you crying? I go, yes, stop it. Don't interrupt it. I was sitting here just bawling. <laughs> And um, when he said, uh, you know, when when Adam Paris starts talking, he says, and, yeah, tell my son that I miss him. Yeah, tell him, tell him I miss him. I tell oh. him I miss him. <laughs> he goes, tell him I miss him and uh, that I'm proud of him and I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not hold it together. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not holding it together now. This is the worst. Okay. Um, yeah. God, and, Tom, just, and Tom is just speechless. Well, like no, but but the, that's the thing. What really threw me into the major tears was your reaction because you did play it the way that it should have been played, which was like you're just shocked. You're shocked, I and you're did also not expect this no, from you my didn't. father. This is not no. what I thought. How I thought he felt. And Janeway puts a hand on Tom's shoulder. Janeway says to the admiral, "He says this crew has been exemplary, Tom included, your son included." Yeah. And, and the Admiral says, well, tell him I'm proud of him. Yeah. And Tom is just listening in silence there. And Janeway says, he heard you. Yeah. And uh, I want to assure you that he heard you. And then, and then the Admiral assures Janeway that Starfleet is doing everything it can to, and then the connection is lost. Yeah. And it's lost just in the middle of their conversation. That's all we're going to get. Yeah. Now we're back in the Pathfinder lab. Admiral Paris looks over at Reg and he says, why the long face, Reg? And Reg is like, well, because it's over. And Admiral Paris says, no, Project Voyager is just beginning. And it's just, you know, it's a nice moment there. Uh, and Harkins also said, I'm so sorry for uh, doubting you for this entire yeah. time. And, and see, even just talking about that scene is just I can't getting, believe I can't, you're you did you did you have any emotion at that point I at all? I mean, yeah, but not as much as you. 
Well, I, don't I know. know. It had nothing to do with my character. It was just you. But, oh. you know, maybe just over the years, my friendship with Tom has just infected oh. my, you know, subconscious to the point where it's a sweet I, moment. It is a, a super, very sweet moment. It's but, so... but the same thing is, but, oh God, but the point being is that I know what was coming with that episode. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no oh, yeah, problem. And now what? Gonna... I, yes, but the minute <laughs> he started saying that and the look on your face, on Paris's face, Tom Paris's face, it just it pushed me over the edge, and I couldn't stop it. And it's a pretty it, for such tall. a small part of the episode. Yeah, and I think one reason it's so effective is because the real story, the A story, is that Reginald Barkley feels like he doesn't matter, that yeah. nobody cares about him, yeah. that nobody sees him, that he's not important, and so in a weird way, it's on story the Tom Admiral Paris moment. Yeah, it's just a tiny moment, but it's a way to connect uh, Barclay's story of yes. feeling like finally I'm being seen, finally right. I'm feeling a connection. And it's the same um, struggle that Tom Paris has with yeah, Admiral it's Paris. A, same it's thing. a very same thing. So yes. it, it's it's I think it's not just that moment living right. in a in a vacuum. It's that that moment happens in the middle of such an effective story with Reginald Barclay. Um, yeah, it's a great yeah. moment. I love that I, it. That it moved you well and i think it moved me because it resonated with me because you know growing up in america as not caucasian has been very difficult especially living in the south and really that's also the same parallel with me it's yeah. like you know i living in the south having people call me names looking at me as a second class third class citizen made me also feel like i i'm not important not i'm seen, not not heard yeah i'm not seen yeah. at all or heard so i think that's probably what pushed me over the edge was i had the same parallel as as reg barkley and as tom paris in my mm -hmm. real life and so that's probably why it's it's been so emotional for me to watch this episode it's just oh, crazy. oh buddy i know i just buddy. okay i hope there's one episode where you ball too so uh, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. okay um now we are in um back in mess. the mess hall yes we're in the mess hall there's a champagne celebration yeah torres uh Blana asks if anybody knows who barkley is that's right uh, and the doctor replies that he reviewed um, the personnel file and basically says he's a very colorful character with an unusual, an unusual medical history, transporter phobia and hollow addiction. Now, we didn't we don't know anything about transporter transporter phobia. phobia. That's insane that yeah. somebody would be so freaked out about what is an everyday technology for anyone in Starfleet. We we yeah. transport everywhere. Like it's like breathing, right? Yeah. And for Reg to be have this phobia, uh, but it just goes to show you phobia can happen at any moment to mm -hmm. anybody, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. But Janeway is very happy that that Barkley came through for them and Seven tells everyone that she's finished uh, analyzing all of the hyper subspace technology data and that it looked very promising to help them on their trip home yeah and they basically say that the you know we can look forward to hopefully some regular contact with starfleet and with people back home in the future yeah and uh neelix says well uh let's have a toast and he suggests that tom do the honors and mm -hmm. so tom toasts here he says to my dad yeah it's nice to know that he's still there <laughs> and to the newest honorary member of the voyager crew reginald barkley Whoever. whoever you are yeah <laughs> so it's funny how the real voyager crew has sort of gotten the same affection for reg barkley 
yeah as the holidays <laughs> you know exactly and a, like yeah. wow we sort of are really taking a moment to see him and honor him and recognize him so it's pretty cool yeah it is cool which then makes me feel like man they never showed they, what you know if you think about the last episode uh, of this show it, it'd be amazing if we got down to earth and we saw reginald barkley there you know there's there's so many yeah. things that could have been touched upon that or not, but I'm jumping so much farther ahead. Don't jump okay. there. Okay, we, we have I'll, almost I'll a, we, have, yeah. we have almost a year till we get to That's the right. end. So. That's right. Okay, uh, we go final to the scene. Uh, yeah final scene. Troy's in the apartment again. She yeah. congratulates him, and he says that he couldn't have done it without her. Yeah, and and Commander Harkins, we re- we learn is very very pleased, although he's a little concerned now that Barkley is dating his sister in law. Sister in law. So, he did end up meeting the sister-in-law from Boston. And she's like, she wants details. And he says, well, uh, one thing I can tell you is uh, her name is Hope. I love that line. Yeah. One thing to tell you, her name is Hope. That's a great line. Her great, name great is Hope line. and she loves yep. cats, which yeah. is pretty important. So that's the animals that's how and we... not the play, not the Broadway right. play, which you are not a fan of. We know no, that already. Not the musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, And that's the end of our uh, wonderful episode. What is uh, what is your theme? You know, I had a different theme, but now that we've kind of fleshed this out and talked about it, it is. I mean, the theme is everybody matters. Everybody Mm -hmm. has value. You know that that, and that I'm going to go with that because of how much this moved me. And and thank you for helping me explore that and understand what the parallels were with Tom Paris and Reginald Barkley and myself in this Mm. episode. So I love that theme. Everyone does matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone matters. Did you have a different um, one or did you, how were you? No, I, I think I, I almost switched my theme too, but I'll go with my original theme yeah. just because I think it's a part of it, which is mm-hmm. don't give up on your gut. Don't give up on your hunches or your instincts. We mm-hmm. all have some inner voice that's telling us something. It doesn't mean it's always right, right? but don't give up on it because maybe it is right. Or maybe your theme was listen to your gut right listen, listen to, to that inner gut. voice because yeah. a lot of times it will guide you in the correct direction yeah. even though everyone else is going in the opposite direction your gut sometimes knows best or not what's even sometimes for you. your gut always knows best you just it, have to it listen knows, to it it knows what's best for you yes. at that moment and yes. and uh, listen to yourself listen to where you're at emotionally yep. and yep. and um trust yourself there you yeah. go my rating mm. for this episode I really like this episode, even though it didn't really have a lot of us involved for most of it. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to give it an 8.2. Oh, nice. Okay. It was, I thought it was really well done. Mike Vahar did a great job. Dwight did a great job. Our guest stars were great. The story was really interesting. So 8.2 for me. That's a good one. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 8.8. So I'm going to push it higher just because how much this resonated with me. I'm going to go higher. And yes, you're right. Didn't include a lot of the crew, a lot of the main gang, but it's okay. I mean, it was okay. Sometimes it doesn't have to follow the rules. It can can still be good. Yes. I think it was a well-written episode and I, uh, by Ken Biller and the uh, classmate of his, who I've Mm -hmm. already forgotten his name. Zabel. 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 So I think it was a well-written episode and I think it was directed well by Mike Fahar, acted well by yeah. the main uh, person in this episode, which is Dwight Schultz. He did Dwight's a very, very phenomenal job. job. Yeah. Phenomenal. Job. As he always does. Yes. So 8.8 for me. 8.8 for you. 8.2 for me. The Admiral and Captain's average rating for Pathfinder is 8.1. Woo! 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I got pretty close. You Usually really you're close. the one that's Usually nailing went, it. Yeah. But you went with your heart on this. I went with that's my okay. heart. Yeah, because a lot of times, I mean, we've had some feedback from some of our listeners and that they would rather me rate it according to what I feel as opposed Rather to what I to think guess. that, yeah, because I've been, <laughs> I've been kind of guessing and guessing very well, I might add, yeah. um, what the yes. actual come, you know, come out is the actual rating is from the captains and admirals. So, yeah. um, yeah, from my heart, I'm going to give 8.8, but 8. What did the fans give? 8.2? 8.1. 8. 8.1. Yeah. Still, yeah. still a good rating overall. Yeah. Right. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Delta Flyers where Robbie and I talked about pathfinder and yes. i got overly emotional but uh we will be Bloody. back <laughs> we'll be back next week talking about one of the all-time favorites of many fans the episode fair haven so yes. oh yes that'll be fun yes, okay yes. okay we will be back for that and for all of our patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material thanks everybody mm-hmm.